0: Welcome to Business Steps Up, a presentation of Hiali, one of the recognized voices in Long Island business. We'll focus on cutting edge topics important to the Bi-County region and beyond. So sit back, relax, and listen to some of Long Island's most influential business leaders here on Business Steps Up.
1: So good afternoon and welcome to the Hiali Business Steps Up series. We're delighted today to be talking to Patrick Winters, from Winter Brothers and Christine Ponzio from the Winter Brothers or Winter Center for Autism. I want to get that right. Um, They do great work. And, uh, you know, I will say that in 2022, and Christine, correct me if I'm incorrect, in the year, the Center for Autism won the nonprofit award, our business achievement award. So that is correct. Yeah. For myself and the CEO judges that come in and, and, and talk about what you're doing, how you're doing it and what your vision is. We were just so inspired. So, so inspired. So we're going to hear a little bit more about that today, which is great. So Patrick, I'm going to start with you. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned it when I first met you, but my history goes back to Tony Lettieri, believe it or not, right? Both and guys. waste management, that's all we would hear about. Um, he was on our board of directors. Um, and I know there, there's an, obviously an affiliation there with your organization, but tell us about Winter Brothers. How did it get started? It's been around for decades. That's yes.
0: Right. Yeah. So we're the leading garbage collection and recycling company on Long Island. We provide a full range of solid waste collection and recycling services commercial, residential, industrial municipal customers across the island um we're a family business as you know we've been picking up garbage for over 70 years it started with my uh grandfather and my great uncle and then went to my father and his four brothers and um now it's a mix of uh the brothers myself my cousins today so we're three generations strong and uh we're very grateful for that and um we're smithtown residents born and raised and uh just picking up garbage really is how it's been our (laughs) whole lives. And, uh, we're very thankful for that. So, um, yeah, that's really it. It's, it's, we're, we're just a very fortunate family business. that's worked very hard for a long time and, uh, we're very fortunate to be in the position we're in.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I find it interesting what you you say, you're just picking up garbage because, you know, we just had this conversation, you know, off camera about people don't realize what, what is all about picking up garbage and disposing of it responsibly and being green and all those things involved. So talked a little bit about the, the, um, ending of the Brookhaven landfill. So do you want to touch on that a little bit now?
0: Yeah. You hit the nail on the head, right? It's not just picking up garbage, right? Mm -hmm. There's a massive process to that, disposing of it, disposing it the right way. Um, and, in, tu- in terms of Brookhaven, while I'm not going to touch completely on it because I think that we could have an entire podcast to talk about that, we actually just put out um, the state of waste, um, which I encourage anybody to read um, if you're interested in that in terms of the crisis on Long island that's coming. But Brookhaven landfill is closing. Um, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter of that is, is that millions of, uh, you know, millions of pounds of, of garbage and construction uh, demolition are going to have no home. And we feel that we have a solution for that. Um, and we feel a responsibility as the leading recycling and waste collection company on Long Island to provide a solution to the residents of Long Island. So I encourage everybody to, um, which I think it's starting to finally, it's really uh, starting to come, the awareness is starting to be there. Um, I encourage everybody to really look into what's about to happen to Long Island if uh, the solutions aren't there. Um, but we feel that we have that solution and uh, we're very excited about it. So I think it's going to really, you know, be the answer for the crisis that's coming to Long Island.
1: Right. And we will definitely have you back. You're right. That's a, a subject for a whole other Absolutely. educational, even a series, maybe.
0: That's right. It really it really is because it's, it's probably, in my opinion, the most important thing uh, that's coming up for the state of Long Island right now. And uh, it needs to be addressed.
1: Yeah, definitely. So giving back, I mean, giving back to the community, what was, talk a little bit about the impetus of uh, creating the Center for Autism, where it started sure. and, and the story itself.
0: Yeah. So my brother, Sean's autistic. He's 28 years old. He was diagnosed at two years old. Um, I believe this happens to you when your family. You know, when this happens to a family, your first instinct, you know, for any child, what do I do? What plan do I have? Um, and that's the question that my parents were faced with uh, my brother. And my brother's grown into a great young man. And through that process, we learned that while there was great um, programs for kids with autism, right? Um, once they turn 18, there's really not a lot of solutions for them. So my father, who's passed away, being the innovator that he was, he asked himself, what could he do? And so before my brother even aged out, um, we started hiring adults with autism, Winters Brothers. Um, and that just was a various attest, right if anything that that adult was good at and we felt that we had a place for them, we made it work, whether that was filing, um cleaning windows, janitorial work. we even had a full time staff count at one point, so through that process, we didn't really have a concrete plan, but we just knew like we wanted to help people and then when that happened, we really were like, "Wow, this works like why aren't other businesses doing this yes. so that's really where the idea of the center for autism came to place. Um, because then, you know, my brother was eventually going to hit that point too. So we needed a home for him in a sense. Right. So I really would say that that's kind of how the idea came to fruition. And, um, from there, we, my dad just vigorously worked on the process and we, you know, we've known Chris our whole lives through, um, many various of my brother's programs we felt that she was the right person to lead the charge for us. And, um, you know, Chris, I won't talk on how you and my father really kind of put this idea together, but, um, you know, I'll let you take it from there in that, in that aspect. Yeah.
1: So, um, hence why you're so passionate about it, right? Obviously it hits you. And Um, the extreme value of hiring people with autism and understanding that they're valuable. There was a, there was the true value there,
0: right yeah that's and that's the most important thing, right I think that you know there's a perception in a sense right that it's like you're you're just doing a favor when you're really not it's actually what we found through that process was it made our company better you know you think you're having a bad day about something that might be minuscule to you, and then you see an adult here that's completing something that might be like monotonous to you, but it's really. Of value to them, and you sit there and you're like, "Wow, you know, it really puts things in perspective." So it, we saw through time that it, it raised the morale in our office. It made everybody in our office put things in perspective because they were exposed to something that they might not have been exposed to right. in the past. And you realize that it taught you patience. It taught you um, just caring, and it made us a better company overall. And I think that was what we wanted to show to other companies that not only does this work that it, it's good for your business and they're great employees. They're some of the best employees we have. They just need an opportunity and they weren't they are They haven't been getting that opportunity until hopefully now. Um, we've seen it in just a short period of time that we've been really running this, but um, it, it, it's a really beautiful thing. And it's, you know, while I say it is like we're doing a good thing, we're, we're helping other, it's not just help for them, it's help for your business. So-
1: so, you know, as an aside, although I, Christine, we're going to talk to you in a moment about it, I've had even um, acquaintances and friends and, uh, who have had either children with autism or children that have something going on. And the number one thing they always talk about is how they lose sleep over when a child does age out and what happens to me as a mom or my husband when we're not around and what happens with this person now. So um, kudos, really kudos that you are fulfilling that need and really understanding how they can give back. So, Christine, before we talk about the center, just tell us a little bit about, for the people watching, what is autism?
2: Sure. So, So autism is a developmental disability that affects the brain. And what that means is that it's a spectrum, so people can behave, communicate, learn differently than what we call neurotypical people. Um, And while that seems very uh, unique and different, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person, because it is a spectrum. So there are people with autism that have advanced conversational skills and there are people who are nonverbal. There are people who can live independently, work independently, and then there are people who require a good amount of support in their daily living. So it is something that really manifests itself very differently from person to person. And
1: tell us a little bit about, so Patrick um, alluded to, You know, you and Joe knew each other right before this all began. I remember meeting you before the center was even open and talking about the passion and possibility of it, which was wonderful. Um, So how did you get involved and what did that look like?
2: So um, I actually met uh, Joe and Michelle uh, when Sean was diagnosed and Patrick, I think you were about five. Um, Patrick was a peer model in my preschool program back then. And uh, we had stayed in touch as Sean was growing up every couple of years, Joe would make a call and say, you know, how's your family? This is what's going on with Sean. What do you think? Um, You know, okay, we'll keep in touch. And I got a call. I can vividly remember where I was at my son's volleyball game. And I stepped out and he said, I have an idea. Let's have lunch. And um, I know now that if you have lunch with Joe, you're (laughs) going to leave. You're going to leave on board with what Joe had in mind because he was just um, he was so passionate. So you take his business acumen, his passion and his heart. And um, I feel so privileged because what Joe gave me the opportunity to do is take my years of experience working with children and their families who just tirelessly worked through the school system to better themselves and advocate and then be able, you know, you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And Joe really created a solution in his vision for adults with autism. That's great. That's great. Um, so tell us a little bit about the center. Sure, sure, it's um, it's amazing. Uh, it's actually, so 85% of adults with autism are uh, unemployed or underemployed. And when you look at that staggering statistic, when our unemployment rate in our region is about two and a half percent, there's a lot of work to be done. And really the goal, the mission of the center is to fix that. And in order to do that, we believe that there's really two parts to that equation. One is training, job training for adults with autism. The other is working with businesses so that they can feel confident and comfortable in um, recruitment, onboarding and retention of people on the autism spectrum. So we really serve as that bridge. And um, as we talked about earlier, you know, everybody's so unique that um, it's really making sure that um, we're working on both sides of that. And we we actually opened, so the center incorporated um, right at the end of 2019. I came on board January, 2020, the pandemic hit in March. And we started as we were building the center, helping essential businesses connect with adults with autism, who wanted to work? Who can who could follow the CDC guidelines? And I did get phone calls from colleagues saying, "Wait, are you actually having people work during the pandemic?" And we have, um, you know, more than eighty percent of those young men and women who started working um, during the pandemic are competitively employed now in those essential businesses.
1: Oh, wow, that's great! So not only were they helping through COVID, right? But that's wonderful. Yes. So so talk to us a little bit about the training aspect. I mean, we've done some programs with Smile, Smile Farm. Yes, right? great, so, great program. Yeah. And I was amazed when I went to the actual farms and saw what they were doing. Um, you know, a lot of obviously hands-on training. That's a given, right? But tell us about your process.
2: Yeah. So we actually meet um, pretty extensively with each applicant. Um, They fill out an online application, sometimes with the help of their family, and they come to the center and they see firsthand all of our training spaces. So what we've we've opted to do at the center, it's a 14,000 square foot building, which is one of two buildings on our campus. And in the building, we have job training spaces, but we also have businesses that are open to the public. So it's really a community hub. And that's an important aspect of the training because when you're very insular in your training and you're you know, um, not having the public be a part of that, it's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have training spaces that include hospitality. Uh, we're working with um, Long Island Hotels, a Marriott brand in room attendant and laundering services. So we actually have a mock hotel room We have a laundromat and our curriculum is really directly from the hotel training programs. Uh, We also have food service, um, which is something that we have um, Nelly's Empanadas on site, but we're also working with Suffolk County Department of Labor and they have um, in partnership, we've partnered with St. Joseph's University to offer hospitality training provided by one of their professors. So it really enhances the quality of our program and expands our network. Uh, Because I don't think there's a restaurant or food service entity out there that isn't looking for help. Uh, So it it really helps. And we've tried to target that. We have a horticulture and gardening program. So we work with a master gardener from Cornell Cooperative Extension uh, and Home Depot to actually advance uh, the training and curriculum. So a fair amount is hands-on, but it is also um, classroom-based training when it's relevant. And we have a, a pretty um, wide, a, a substantial amount of trainees who are learning um, office skills, clerical skills, and we've worked with a variety of businesses in that area. And then finally, one of our newest programs is a janitorial training program. Um, so we we try to have something that appeals to a lot of different folks. That's great.
1: So in addition to you meeting with businesses, and I I know you do that actively and invite them in to see the center and (coughs) to everyone. Um, What are some of the other things you're doing to make that connection to employment employers and make that connection? And let me tell you why I asked Christine, because one of the things that we're hearing and I'm sure you're, you're both hearing as well. And Patrick, you might be experiencing in your business is really the availability of a viable talent pool, right? Mm And a lot of different reasons why we don't have that on Long Island. But um, certainly, again, I go back to that this sector must much like veterans and much like, you know, women coming back to work after having children. And, yeah, they're they're typically unconventional ways of looking at things, which is beautiful. But how are you making that connection so people feel a lot more comfortable with that?
2: So I would say that it's all about the right fit. Mm -hmm. So what we get to do here at the center is we sometimes have hard conversations with potential employees before they become an employee. So just because you like video games doesn't mean that you are going to be an expert working on computers. Um, If you love baking, um, it's a hobby, but once you have to produce at a certain level and Uh, efficiency, it might not be what you want. So I think our screening process and our training process allows us to really, um, emphasize the strengths and abilities that people have. And we also actually seek out some businesses or they seek us out because they're specifically, and they're, you know, I think the other piece, Terry being completely, um, honest about our experience is that we have a captive audience there. There are, there are workforce needs across our region, across the nation. So now we have businesses that are willing to be more flexible and offer, um, shared, uh, shared jobs or offer part-time work. Um, we also have businesses that are looking for some, um, people who that all accommodate flexibility. So I think it's about the right match. It's also, we spend time in these businesses. So our community outreach coordinator will spend time shadowing people in their jobs uh, before we'll even place someone there because we want to understand some of the nuances. So for example, you might work in the same business and on one side of the hallway you have a department that is plays music and they joke all day and they bring in bagels and then down the hall people have earbuds in and their noses to the grindstone and it's silent um so we also like to know the culture of a department or a business so that when we make that placement it's really setting it up as a win-win for the employee and the employer
0: Great. i think i'll touch on that too that from an employer standpoint, right? The hiring process is hard right now, right? Um, Mm -hmm. People are willing to work, but under certain circumstances, right? And they want a certain title or they want certain responsibilities, right? And I will add that from what we've seen, um, these are the type of people their employers are looking for, right? They want these, these adults, and I'm not saying that they don't want to advance or anything, but they're looking for purpose and opportunity. And that's what companies need. They need the, you know, companies are built on their, their workers at the bare, at the bare level, right? Doing the, the common tasks that not everybody think, you know, people, some people even think they're above these days. And, um, we found that these adults want purpose and opportunity and it's, it's great for the employer in that aspect. Right. Um, and by so, the way, it's great for the culture as well. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. A,
1: there's
0: a much bigger picture to that. Some right? people, you know, not everybody necessarily, you know, you're not, and not everybody's looking for a manager, right? Everybody's looking, sometimes people are looking for people to do the, the necessary work that allows the manager to do what they need to do. Right. And that's what a lot of these adults we found provide. And that's what makes, that's how businesses are run. And right. that's what makes things go. Right. So, um, you know, it's about the opportunity being provided to them.
1: So talk to us about some success stories.
2: Sure. Yes. So um, I have to talk about um, Sean Winters first and foremost, because, you know, I, I know that that Joe and his wife, Michelle, were inspired by their son. And the irony of all of this is that Sean spends about 15 minutes a day here at this beautiful center because he's so busy working two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> that's
0: the ironic part about it. It's so right?
2: ironic. Um, but what, uh, what has happened for Sean, you know, employment is great and employment that gives you that sense of purpose is great. Sean actually, um, leaves for work at eight 30 in the morning. He starts his day, uh, with some type of, uh, workout yoga. You know, we all should, there's tons of literature that tells us that, um, He works three days a week doing a recycle route um, with and and also gets to see his brothers and his uncles and his, you know, his brother and his cousins and uncles, which is a side benefit. But once he started working and works two days a week as a groomsman at Palamine in Islandia, uh, in a course of a year, uh, he lost over 50 pounds. Um, He has uh, such a great quality of life. He's able to take vacation days and call out and go to some of his favorite places. So um, when I talked about autism being a spectrum, um, you know, I remember Joe saying, you know, we want to help, we want to help the guys that nobody's really helping. You know, there's big businesses that hire the coders and, you know, these really high-tech um, computer whiz kids, but we really want to help everyone. And, um, and then we have, um, and I'm going to share this story, Patrick, because it just, I think, speaks to the amazing work that Winters Brothers has done as an employer partner. Um, they were looking during the pandemic for um, a staff accountant.
0: I was going to tell a story about Andrew, yeah. I didn't <laughs> want to share his full name, but yeah. You're right. um, can I
2: tell it or do you want yeah, to Yeah, go tell ahead,
0: it? tell it, yeah.
2: Um, so we actually work with Winters Brothers Finance Department to set up a, a little bit of an unconventional interview process Um, he was hired, um, and we, we, at the center just coached the finance team, you know, we really didn't have direct involvement. And what I love about this story is that not only did he, um, obviously perform the tasks at hand flawlessly. Um, and then there were, you know, just some accommodations that the company just so graciously put in place to really result in his success. It was just tremendous. Um, One of my favorite things that happened is in in the department, they would bring in bagels on a Friday and I guess people chipped in and rotated. However, it happened. He started bringing in donuts um, from his hometown because he commuted over an hour away. And I can remember the day the CFO said he gave notice (laughs) and he actually gave notice. And I said, well, if that's not the sign of success, because he went out on his own applied for a job co- closer to home and was able to get that job because of the support, the training, and really just all of the efforts of Winters brothers as his first employer.
0: And I mean, well, when I say he, like, you know, we're so happy for him, obviously. Right. Cause that's what it's about. We were genuinely upset because, you know, again, like I said, it wasn't a charity case. Like he was a great employee and he did a lot of really good work for us and we had to replace him. Uh, and you know, we were like, this is a big loss for us. What are we going to, what are we going to do? And so, you missed
1: the donuts. I'm sure you missed the donuts. That's, yes,
0: <laughs> most, most definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great story.
0: That's yeah. an absolute great And story. the best part about it is there's so many of those that yes. we, you know, yes. obviously can't fit in so much time, but it's yeah. really the impact we've seen in such a short amount of time is unbelievable.
1: That's great. So I'm assuming based on what you've just said, that, Christine, if we had anybody watching or not watching and we're talking to them and it's a business that wants to find out about can they create a partnership with the center, um, they shouldn't really be thinking, well, they can't support me with X, Y, Z. They should really set up a meeting with you, talk to you and see, because more than likely there can be some sort of partnership. I would think, create
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Because this isn't a, you know, this is a person by person, highly customized um, relationship. And what we actually have found is that the businesses that we work with, we have businesses who have hired three, four, five employees from our training program because it's been so successful. So if it's a mom and pop shop, if it's, you know, a multi um you know, multi-site um, or even a franchise, like we we have those conversations and sometimes it's what they were looking for. And other times I've had um, recently a business say, oh, I, I gave up on even recruiting for that job. Um, okay. But this, yeah, like this really sounds like it can work. So um, they can absolutely reach out to me directly on our website. Uh, they could visit our website or they can call me, um, uh, websites, autism.com. Or they can call me directly um, as well.
0: I think that what we found is that a lot of companies are willing to do this and hire adults with autism, but they also they need the support on how to do it, right? They need support on, you know, making sure that it works for them um, and how how do I how do I maximize this employee to the best the best of my ability? So I think that's where we also come in and help. You know, it's not just we we don't end the relationship with the with the adult like. You know, getting you the job and then see you later, like good luck. You know, I think that we, we continue that relationship. You know, a lot, some of our employer partners, we go on site for you and, and really assess everything for you too. That's something we also provide. So I think that's what separates us. And um, like I said, it doesn't just simply end by good luck, you got a job. You know, we make sure that that adult's ready to go that's going to maintain that job and provide you value as a company too. Yeah. Um,
1: and by by the way, what a, what a valuable thing to offer, not only for any company on Long Island, but particularly for small businesses, because one of the things that we find is that they don't often have the opportunity and the bandwidth that a large business also might have. Right. So if you can go in and you can look at that culture and you can help in coaching or you can help in yeah. helping them understand how to coach these people like anybody else. Right. Wow. That's
2: a wow. Really. What we're finding, Terry, is that some of those accommodations and we work with, you know, sometimes the HR department or sometimes the owner, depending on the business. But some of those easy accommodations, businesses have said to us time and time again, you know, this isn't just for people with autism. And we're like, yes, that's correct. You know, coming out of a pandemic, seeing like the increase in just how mental health issues impact the workplace. And, you know, these are things that can really, um, be, uh, just beneficial to a business overall. Yeah. So, so believe it or not, we only have
1: two minutes left. I don't know how that happened just because (laughs) we're talking about something obviously important and, uh, so talk to us, leave us with how does the center develop its financial support?
2: So I'll share, you know, there's um, many of the people, many of our trainees uh, receive some dollars from the state for their transition support pr- uh, program. Mm-hmm. So we do receive some funds from the state. And as you know, you've heard about our industry, uh, There, uh, there's not a lot there. So there has to be tremendous efforts in grants, but also fundraising um, and fundraising through events, fundraising through naming and dedication and just developing a support, a donor base of support. And what what my favorite part is, is when our supporters come and they see their support in action, Mm -hmm. they see the progress, they see the impact. Uh, so, so that's really exciting.
0: I think we've been able to thank, you know, fortunately, um, we've had a platform on Long Island already that's helped us obviously. Right. But we, we do offer a lot of really great fundraising opportunities through golf outings, um, many other types of events that hit many different demographics. So there's kind of like a fun fundraising event for everybody. Mm Um, so we've been very fortunate to do that and we're growing that. And uh, we encourage anybody uh, that's willing to come out and have a good time with us and for a good cause, a um, cause to join great us. Great cause. Uh,
1: So when is your, you have a next event planned? Do you want to tell
2: us a little bit about?
0: Which one have we got, Chris?
2: <laughs> so yeah, we have our, our um, annual um, Joe Winters Memorial Golf Outing at Old Westbury on October 2nd. Um, it is a great, um, course it's a great time. And, uh, it really, it really is just, um, a lot of fun and it keeps growing. (laughs) So (laughs) we're happy about that. I think it means that, uh, people are enjoying themselves.
0: Yeah. We have a lot of other really good ones that aren't necessarily ironed out on the date yet, but, um, yeah, last year we had a, uh, a a New York Jets watch party at, uh, Pace's Steakhouse in Hopog, which was an outstanding event. Um, I know we got some shopping fundraising opportunity, Chris, that you know. We'll yes,
2: start. yes. We right. just, you know, we partner with people who believe yeah. in what we do. And um, and it really turns out, you know, these these events sell out really fast. Our our admin staff's heads are spinning the first yeah. couple of hours after we launch them, but it's such a great problem to have. And and the reality is it's necessary because yeah. as we grow and expand and we see um you know, more and more people uh, joining us each week, trainees, that makes the support even greater.
1: That's great. And great. And thank you both so much for spending time with us and really talking thank about you for having us. Thank you. Uh, I, I mirror what you said, Christine. I mean, this is um, just such an important cause. And um, we need to really continue to talk about it to help businesses understand that um, there's something here for them and it's big, Absolutely.
2: right? So tell us again, how they can get in touch with the center. Sure. So they can call me at 631-635-1169, uh, 631-635-1169. They can go to our website, wintercenterforautism.com, or they can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, YouTube. So we're pretty accessible and we always call you back yeah
1: there you go there you go and how about for you patrick because um you know when you look at waste management companies you know you do a lot of i know you know this already but you do a lot of business in this park in this long island innovation park here at hop hog so how can people get in touch with your
0: organization you can simply call me at uh our, our main line in Wintersburg is 631-491-4923 ask for me i am always pick up um my email is pat at wintersbros.com. So pretty easy there. And like I, I like Chris, I always answer. So I'm happy to talk with anybody about anything in relation to uh, the garbage business, autism, Brookhaven, you name it. I'm an open book.
1: Okay. Well, thank you again, uh, Will, for joining us and uh, look forward to the next uh, session of uh, Business Steps Up. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.
0: Business Steps Up is a production of HIALI, one of the recognized voices for business on Long Island, and a powerful voice and economic engine for regional development. Check back for more interesting, thought-provoking episodes with some of Long Island's most influential business leaders. For more information, call us at 631-543-5355 or log on to HIA-LI.org.